Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast, your space to find empowerment and wisdom on your journey. We talk about it all, sacred women's wisdom, empowered entrepreneurship, and everything you never learned about your body in one inspiring space. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast. I'm so grateful you're here, and I'm so grateful that you are here to understand the history of a subject that many of us have never questioned. We're talking today about the horrifying and shocking history of modern gynecology. This is indeed a very heavy subject, but we have to have these conversations right now. Shining light into the dark history of gynecology and the Black women that were forced to receive horrifying medical procedures without anesthesia is something we all need to recognize and we all need to be talking about right now. This is something that I've been researching over the last couple years, but especially in the last month, it has felt so necessary to bring this onto the podcast and really illuminate this disparity that we don't hear about enough. As I share some of these statistics in a moment, I think you too will be shocked to understand how big of a disparity it really is for Black women, especially in the United States, and the lack of prenatal and postnatal care that women receive. So even today, there is a massive disparity in healthcare for Black women. So get this, Black women are three to four times more likely to die of pregnancy-related complications than white women. Black women are also more likely to experience preventable maternal deaths than white women, and it's by a landslide. Here's some other really shocking statistics. Black women experience disparities in infertility rates and stigmatization. Up to 12% of women in the U.S., they say, will experience infertility at some point in their life, but studies suggest that it may be double that number for black women. And black women are also far less likely to have access to fertility treatments. Uh, Health conditions that disproportionately affect black women, like uterine fibroids, are also grossly underfunded. It's estimated that nearly a quarter of all black women between 18 and 30 have some sort of a uterine fibroid, while less than 7% of white women will have that same condition. And then lastly, black women are also massively underrepresented in clinical trials and biomedical research data. And so there's not even a lot of statistics to show just how deep this disparity goes. So even today, we can think that today, you know, things are different, but they're really not. We're still seeing black women get such a a different access to medical care than we would as someone that is white. Now, if we go back even further, though, I think you'll be horrified to understand that a lot of the procedures we think of today, maybe the use of a speculum when you go in to have your cervix checked, um, other procedures that we think of as normal were created off the backs of black women. And so as I talk about this history of gynecology and some of the components to it, please continue to take deep breaths because this is heavy, it's horrifying, and it's, it's really unfathomable to imagine a human being that could do these kinds of procedures on women without consent simply because they thought these women were less than. The history of gynecology is pretty horrifying for a lot of reasons, but especially because of the use of black slave women as non-consenting people for these procedures. So if you've been in healthcare of any kind, you've probably heard the name James Marion Sims. He's usually referred to as the father of modern gynecology. And he began practicing, I put medicine in quotations, so you can't see my hands, but I'm definitely doing it. 
uh, on women at a time when it was really thought of as taboo or distasteful in any way to actually perform medicine on women. So at this time, it was thought that women were inherently going to have these problems. It was bad to do any sort of surgery or anything on women. And so there wasn't really an opportunity, I suppose, at that time to understand why some women have complications, especially around birth. So he pioneered something called the speculum, and this is the contraption <laughs> that we insert into the vagina to open the vaginal canal so we could maybe see the cervix. Um, and then he also pioneered a procedure that is done when there is a tear between the uterus and the bladder from childbirth that still happens today. He's the one that created this procedure. So Sims built his practice in Montgomery, Alabama, and it was here that he became the go-to physician among white plantation owners to treat enslaved black women. Like I said, at this time, it was not normal to treat female concerns of any kind. So there was his first patient ever. It was this young woman who had fallen off a horse. She had severe back and pelvic pain, and so she was brought to Sims and she couldn't work. So he attempted to look inside of her. He had her get on her hands and knees, and he inserted his fingers into her vagina and attempted to see what was going on inside of her. So this became his inspiration to develop the speculum so that he would have an easier time looking at her internally. Now, there are many women that he operated on, and sadly, we don't know the names of all of these women, but there are three names that we do know, three names that were documented. And so as I speak these names here, please feel them. Please understand the experiences that they had to go through so that we could have these modern things today, but at what cost? So the three names we do know are Lucy, Anarka, and Betsy. Lucy was actually the first one he ever operated on. She was 18 years old, and she had given birth, had a really, really challenging birth, and had not been able to control her bladder after giving birth. So when she came to see him, he positioned her on her knees and her elbows, naked, while a dozen other doctors watched the procedure. So Sims performed the surgery to attempt to repair the tear between her uterus and her bladder. And I, it was really challenging for me to actually read through his notes that he made about this procedure. And even now I feel myself feeling a bit nauseous and, and a bit emotional because they said that she was screaming in agony during this hour-long procedure. Anesthesia was not necessarily quite as accessible as it is now, but it was available, and yet he chose not to use it on this woman because she was a black slave. So his surgeries, specifically on this bladder uterine tear, they were not successful for a long time. For example, he performed this exact surgery 30 times on one woman, and her name was Anarka, and she'd had a very traumatic birth, um, but he did it 30 different times on her until he felt like he kind of had a method to what he was trying to do. Once he felt like he'd perfected his methods on these black enslaved women, then he began to offer this surgery to white women in the area. However, when he started offering this surgery to white women, he offered anesthesia. So that was more widely available, but also something that he chose to prioritize in treating white women. There's other shocking things about this man that's, that are challenging even to speak because, again, any normal person would would never even consider these as options. But he performed experimental surgeries on black children, um, children with neonatal tetanus, and they were unsuccessful. 
He also had a belief that black children had thicker skulls because they were less intelligent. And so he attempted to make the skulls less thick in an attempt to, I guess, make them smarter. So things, again, that make zero sense, that are absolutely atrocious. And again, he is really revered as the father of gynecology. He later worked at a women's hospital in New York. And because of these controversial surgeries, some women died. But he blamed any patient death on the black midwives that were helping these women. So I know that's really heavy. It's heavy for me to even speak some of this because every normal person can feel how wrong and disturbing this is. But what does all this really illustrate? It illustrates some really heartbreaking facts. First and foremost, it illustrates the fact that black women were not treated ethically in the least bit, and they were thought of as property to experiment on. So notice again that he waited until he felt like he had a handle on these procedures before he ever thought to offer it to a white woman. So these black women were seen as lesser than, they were seen as property, and I think oftentimes these women were given these operations not to truly help them, but instead to fix them so that they could get back to work. And I think that makes it all even more disturbing. Two, he often did not use anesthesia. And again, can you imagine someone like this, this woman, Lucy, who is bent over naked in a vulnerable position with people watching while you are having tools and things moving up inside of you? It's, it's unfathomable to us. Another point that's interesting, some historians claim that all these women consented to these procedures, that they agreed to have them done, but as an enslaved black woman, what does consent actually mean? Likely they couldn't actually say yes or no, they were just told what they could do. So likely they did not consent. And again, imagine that vulnerable of a situation being forced to do something that is not only physically traumatic, but also emotionally very, very traumatic as well. And lastly, another thing this illustrates is that these disparities are still very much alive and well in our medical system today. And as I shared at the beginning of this podcast, black women are far more likely to have maternal complications and or die simply because they are black. And so there's obviously a massive, massive issue in our system that has to be addressed because it seems to me that nothing has really changed over the last couple hundred years. So what can we do with this information? How can someone like you or I begin to help these black women help to reform our medical system and start to bring light to the very, very shocking and horrifying history to gynecology so that we have these procedures and things that we still do today, but at what cost? So there's a few things we can do because I'm sure like me, your blood is boiling. <laughs> I'm sure you feel horrified and sad and emotional. A few things can be done here. Both the medical system and any of us in the medical field in any capacity has to be part of the solution with anti-racism and implicit bias training. And this should be mandatory curriculum for anyone in healthcare, but it is not. So if you are in healthcare of any type, I really implore you to get this training. I just signed up for one, it's online. I choose to be part of the solution and I think it'll be very interesting to see the areas in which I have simply been uneducated. So I will keep you all in the loop about what I learned because I, I have a feeling it's going to be very, very shocking um, for anyone. There's also an incredible organization that I really wanna mention here and it's called Black Mamas Matter. 
and it's a beautiful organization that is paving the road forward for new policies specifically for black women in healthcare and changing disparities in access to contraceptives and addressing the disparities in hospitals. So sometimes I know as an individual, we can feel like we don't have the opportunity to really lobby for change or we don't know where to begin. And that's where connecting with organizations like this who are already doing amazing work and you can donate 20, 50, $100, whatever you can to support them. I mean, that's where change happens. So they're an incredible organization they're also funding new research for Black women and enhancing voices on traditional and holistic approaches to care for Black women. So coming back to more of the traditional roots that Black communities have used over the years and bringing that back. Uh, Sister Song is another amazing uh, organization. It's not just for Black women, it's also for Indigenous and people of color. And they are really big in reforming politics and changing uh, access to health care. So Sister Song and Black Mamas Matter are in the show notes, so I really recommend donating to them. If you donate to them, please screenshot it or send me a message, and I would be more than happy to honor your donation towards anything that I offer uh, as a private service, as a course, anything. Um, this is where change happens. One other organization or person that I think is really doing amazing work right now is Steamy Chick, and this is a organization that teaches vaginal steaming certification. It is Black women uh, run and owned. They're incredible. I did my vaginal steaming training with them. And they are doing a massive scholarship right now to empower Black women in their communities to revive this old practice that was rooted in some places um, where Black women used it traditionally. So they're doing an amazing job at getting more, more Black women in the capacity to serve other black women in their community and empowering this this disparity to to dissipate so it's very very beautiful lastly when we know better we can do better so i encourage you to show up for your own community to advocate for black women if you're in healthcare get trained in anti-racist medicine so that we can change this disparity donate to these incredible organizations that are already working with politicians to extend access to black women I really hope that with all this information, you feel a fire in your belly. You see where we have so gone wrong and you feel inspired to help be parts of the change. As I said, all the links to these incredible organizations are in the show notes. So please check them out. Donate to at least one of them or all of them, whatever you can do. And I'll keep you all updated too on what I learn in this anti-racist healthcare training. It starts in a couple weeks. I'm very, very interested to see where my training lacked and to understand how I can show up better for the black women that are experiencing these disparities that are more likely to have these complications or uh, uterine fibroids and see how I can speak to them so much better and with such a greater understanding. So... If this episode was really interesting to you, please screenshot it and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me, tag anyone that you know that needs to understand the history of gynecology so that we can start to reform and do better. The system must change, but the system changes on an individual basis. So what can you do right now to be part of that change? I am right here with you and we will make this different. Different so that moving forward, this disparity gap closes. Thank you so much for even tuning into this episode, for wanting to educate yourself, for wanting to be an ally with our Black sisters. 
The link is in the show notes with all of these different details. And if you have any questions or if you need more information about any of this information, just send me a DM on Instagram at menstruation queen, and I'll be more than happy to help. All right, my friends, I will see you next week. Thank you for joining us, beautiful friend. Please share the love with a five-star review, text the episode to a friend, and connect with me on Instagram at goddessceremony. Until next time.